0: All right, we're mixing it up a bit today. We have independent filmmaker Jared Callahan on the program, and he's here to promote his new film Clean Slate, which is about two guys in rehab trying to make a movie. And we're going to discuss that movie, uh, plus Jared's own journey into filmmaking, getting movies made, and some of the obstacles he faces in doing that. All this and more coming right up. Okay, uh, well, well, yeah, welcome to the show. Uh, how are things going?
1: I'm doing well. I'm excited for the film to come out. Is it so? Is
0: it not technically been released anywhere or just film festivals or what's the story?
1: Yeah, we did a year of film festivals and then it's doing unlimited theatrical run uh, this week. And then it comes out on December 2nd on video on demand.
0: On video? Okay. And, and that'll be like Netflix or?
1: Yeah, no, I, they distributors still getting to me all the places that it got picked up. But no, I'm assuming it's the places where you start by um, paying for it or renting it directly. So I'm sure it's Apple all to be all, all the ones I don't know that they exist.
0: OK, so it's been getting a pretty good response.
1: Yeah, it's been really fun to show this film as it's played. We did a lot of test screening because it deals with a sensitive subject of uh, recovery, the addiction mm-hmm. and the road to recovery. And so we did a lot of test screening and the audience response was amazing like there were people who watched the film and one of the ladies said um my brother has dealt with addiction for the last decade and our family cut him out of our lives but now i realize what he goes through and what his head is is doing and i want to forgive him and i want to show my parents because i think we can reconcile our family and i was just like uh okay (laughs) i was just kind of crying so as a person who spent five years making a movie that was uh the best compliment you could ever be given uh, from someone who saw the film. So yeah, people, it's a laugh, cry, laugh kind of movie. It's it's a movie with heart.
0: Yeah. So the movie's called Clean Slate, and it's basically a movie about a movie in a way. Because it's about these two guys that are trying to make a short film on the fence, which you also co-directed. And that's kind of giving them a, a kind of a purpose, I guess, to kind of help help them get off drugs and stay clean.
1: That's exactly right. Um we I was working with guys out of a recovery center Uh, there to mentor them to help them with learning how to write a script and make a movie and originally they wanted to try and make a feature film there which is a lot of work that's so much work Mm -hmm. and slowly the um, recovery center shape shifted them into maybe you should try a short film first and even as we started making it i realized oh my goodness this is going to be such an undertaking especially in the world of recovery so i realized uh, i could make a movie about them trying to make the movie. And then without any spoilers, as the movie uh, continues through the process of trying to make it, uh, things transpire that meant I ended up helping and co direct it as well. So it is definitely a movie within a movie. So if you love movies, uh, it, is the best, it is the best to watch people struggle through making art. And I've realized that uh, people who love the film are people in recovery or who have people that they love that have, have dealt with it, which is in some ways all of us, but it's people who make things. Because if you've dealt with the process of making art and the inner turmoil and feeling like you're giving birth every time you try and put your heart or your vulnerability into the world, imagine that combined with uh, making the short film or the art about the trauma that you've dealt with in your life through uh, your life decisions and the things that have happened to you because of your addiction. And it is, it's raw. It's a raw film.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like uh, the one character, Cassidy. I mean, I guess would you call him a character? I mean, he's a real guy. So yeah, subject, yeah, yeah, subject. That's a better. Um, so he's trying to get a job at one point. I mean, he's talking about like, I mean, he's so down. I was like, he's talking about like Taco Bell delivery driver. He's talking about working the movie movie studio, but cleaning toilets. Um, it kind of reminds me. I don't know if you're familiar with Ryan Leaf, uh, Washington State uh, quarterback. Uh, he was like, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like one of the biggest draft busts of all time, and he's the first to tell you that. But like, he went through so much. Uh, he was in prison. He had a pain pill addiction and they got out of prison. And then he got a job like driving a van for like a rehab thing. And I just remember him talking about how grateful he was to have that job, just driving a van. It gave him a sense of purpose and he worked so hard and it was like this amazing thing. So it's like, sometimes you got to start from scratch and then work your way back up. And I think Cassidy eventually gets the job as an electrician, right?
1: It is brutal to watch because he, he, you can't let anything beat you up, so bad to where it spins your brain you could hear his self-talk he films himself in the movie a couple times and Mm -hmm. he just spirals you can see the spiral start to happen right like man and josh the other subject says at one time man if i just had something in front of me i would do it and he's like shopping in costco and he just like Mm -hmm. is doing so bad or his brain hurts so bad that he would do it and i just think that And so to stay from that low, they tell themselves or Cassie's trying to get a job. He's like, oh, well, now it's Chick-fil-A. Now it's Taco Bell. Now he gets positive and really excited. But then every time something doesn't happen. And so I feel like a lot of us do emotional like things happen and we change and we flux. But sometimes you watch them do these like really violent, Hmm. happy, sad, happy, sad, sad. And it was really hard. I mean, it was exhausting to make the film, but even more so, it just really, I hope through people watching the film, it gives me uh, empathy for people who that's what your brain does to you. That's that's the, the emotional roller coaster you're on all the time. So yeah, it was a lot. And Cassie worked, they work really hard. They, they work really hard and dedicate themselves to staying healthy and staying sober and then also doing all the other things in life that is hard anyway, right? Like it's hard for us anyway. So.
0: Right. No, definitely. It's like, it's just the, how many people are you think are suffering from this kind of uh, addiction?
1: Yeah, the numbers vary, but well, the latest that we saw is that 23.5 million Americans identify as having an addiction, which is so many people. Um, And then the AA and a numbers vary too, but that uh, somewhere close to that uh, amount of people meet weekly to work on their recovery, meet in a meeting, an AA or NA meeting. So that is so many people we've we've come to the saying of everyone knows someone who is in recovery or who should be um, as we have showed this film, everybody is. Oh, it's, I mean, sometimes it's my son, my daughter, my brother, my parent. And then if not that it's a cousin or a best friend, and it's someone who you still very much care about or, and or our family with who have, once you have this in your life, it's a lifetime struggle journey. That's why we stopped saying um, the road to recovery. That's not an end date. It's the road of recovery. It's a road that you're on for the rest of your life.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And I think Cassie, he got into it. I can't remember if this was initially what happened, but he got in a car accident and then they gave him pain pills. Like that's so common. It seems to be the new thing where they're giving these pain pills and then people get really addicted. And you don't know if you have the brain chemistry where you're going to become addicted or not.
1: Totally. Yeah. And so many, I've I've been at different injuries, right? Broken wrists or surgery and stuff. And they prescribe that stuff and yeah, I have no idea. I, I don't know why I didn't click because it's just, you're right. Brain, brain chemistry. But what if I had never gotten off? And yeah, he was in a life threatening people died in the car accident. It was, it was absolutely brutal and life altering anyway. And then to come back and then have your spiral just kind of go immediately down. It was just so, so brutal. Yeah.
0: Is, is that, did he have brain damage or cause he just seems a little bit off in the film. Is that from the drugs or, um,
1: yeah, I think through the course of, I won't speak to anybody, but yeah, it's Cassidy's story to tell and he did a lot in the movie, but since journeying with him and Josh since then, I think Cassidy, and he says it once in the film, so it's not out of line, but I think he's, he was trying to figure out what it meant to be medicated for bipolar and being, uh, uh, suffering through the bipolar disorder while also trying to stay sober was hard because sometimes the medicine that helped his bipolar the most was also addictive substances. So it was oh, really really? helpful for them to be regulated by the recovery center, but then also uh, that is a hard tightrope to stay on. So yeah. yeah, And that's then, definitely and what you see. It's the manic. It's the ups and downs also okay. comes from.
0: Yeah. Is it now you say you have updates on the, the two guys on your website. How are they doing um, now? Do we have a current update?
1: Yeah. I don't want to say anything. You guys, you definitely, if you're watching this should see the movie. Uh, Josh is doing great. Josh is, uh, has a wife and they are pregnant. They're going to have a baby, uh, next and early next year and they have two dogs and they're doing great. And it's so wonderful. Cassidy ups and downs, uh, is currently at another recovery center is at a recovery center working on sobriety. So I think I've learned Cassidy came out and lived. We live in uh, the San Francisco Bay area, lived with us. Uh, He was supposed to be here for a month, and then he literally came March 2020, and then COVID shot everything down. So he stayed out here for basically a year, and that also is hard, and COVID was hard on everybody. So we've seen the ups and downs uh, up close and personal um, while we're living with and neighbors with Cassidy out here. So I think it really helps Cassidy to be in a place where they structure his life in a way that he can thrive at all the things he does and storytelling and writing. He's always sending us poems and song lyrics and movie ideas. And he's still, he's making movies right now, but it's helpful when a place can help regulate um, the, the, the medicine and stuff as well
0: okay so he was you said he was living with you or or next door to you
1: yeah well i live at a 95 acre farm uh, where artists come and stay and do residencies for three days or three months or a year and so he came from a month to live and make stuff with us there we have a farmhouse that has like 12 bedrooms um and then when then it turned into a long-term thing then he rented an apartment in the in the neighborhood
0: okay yeah because your your background is kind of interesting yourself like you started out in uh you were a pastor at one point, right? And then you left. You were kind of making movies on the side, and then you decided you're going to make the jump to be a fil- filmmaker full time. How how did you decide to make that decision? That's a big decision.
1: I I've kind of always been a movie maker. You know, I started in high school making skateboard movies and loved it. And when I came to college, um, I studied media communication and production and made movies with my friends. But the job I got offered was mentoring high school students, and I did it for a decade. It was great. and I had the most flexible uh, church job ever where they let me go and film and do whatever I want. So multiple times I'd go and and film for a month on a feature film or work with my friends and a very talented friend group who makes movies that you've all seen. Um, And then I moved to Atlanta with my spouse who was doing a master's degree. And that break kind of gave me the uh, allowance to pivot from mentoring teenagers to doing film full time. So I started a company called People People Media in 2014. So I'm going on eight years of full time yeah. filmmaking. And it's been great. And I'm so glad for a spending a decade uh, investing in people, you can't go wrong mentoring people. But also so many of the films that I made came out of those relationships, people I knew or the way that life goes, you just know people really well. And multiple of the films that I made starting out came from relationships that started from that work.
0: Yeah. I read about, I was reading about that uh, foundation on your website and it said uh, that you kind of struggled as an artist and you persevered through rejection. So tell me about that rejection. I'm just curious. Like, was there a lot of, uh, it was a lot of hardships to get some of these movies made because aren't they mostly made independently or?
1: That could be hours of conversation alone. I love it. That's a great question. Anybody who makes things struggles making them alone, but the new biggest hurdle that many of us face is getting eyeballs getting ears getting people to see Mm -hmm. it right i mean you make a podcast same it's like you make the podcast you do the same work it'd be great if 20 million people listen to this podcast but you did the same work in essence and i feel that way about art sometimes like you can make the best movie ever i can make it today on a phone right that's great but the hurdle then it's not just that you made the great piece of work or the vulnerable or the honest story it's that how do people know about it how do they see it and I've been told multiple times, like, we love your movie, but you're not famous and your subjects aren't famous. So what's next? And I've been told that after working on a movie for five years or my last film was one that was in my life for 14 years. Um, and it deals with a friend who passed away. And it's really it's a great movie. But was that the jazz musician one really. Big... Yeah, yeah, it's called Sometimes yeah. I Shake. It's on Vimeo now. Um, it got us a call with a person who made an Oscar-winning movie, uh, which was great, and they right away said, great, Dan's not famous, you're not famous, but I love the story, what's next? And I was like, oh my gosh, I just worked on a movie for 14, three pieces of 14 years, and all it got me was the 20-minute conversation with the person about what was next because they wanted an idea that they could sell that had someone famous cast in it because that's how you make money on a movie. So it's discouraging, it sounds discouraging because it is in some ways, but... I want to make movies that are honest, that, that speak to the human hurdles, the the elements that we face that speak to what I'm learning and growing. A lot of my films are, uh, they've been documentary to this point, are me trying to spend time with subjects that are different than me, that have different experiences or different perspectives. And then I'm there to film and reflect to them back to the themselves and out to the world, like who they are and the most true versions of who they are. Um, So yeah, it's led me to to great corners of learning a lot. But you were right. It is so hard to make things. And film, you're not an auteur. You're not a person working by yourself. You're not a musician playing a guitar and everybody hears it. Or a painter, where I did my thing and you see how good I am. Filmmaking is so collaborative and so many people and takes so much time. Like I've made a couple movies almost by myself. But then when you make the credits and find out how many people actually worked on it, it's hundreds. Hundreds of people played music in the score or colored it or did the sound design or the mix or made the poster did the trailer it's so 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 many people um it's exhausting to make art but it's the only life i know
0: Yeah, so that's interesting though that they would say you have to have a famous person because a lot of the best documentaries are just it's a it's an interesting topic and not necessarily yeah, uh right. many of the best documentaries don't have any famous people in them but it's such an interesting topic that it, it pulls you in
1: yep They have other, it's funny to get, and we're doing narrative stuff now and writing scripts and trying to uh, make movies in that lane as well. Um, It works for bull because for documentaries, they would rather you be making your movie about someone who's dealing with an addiction that is Ryan Leaf than my people, Mm -hmm. right? Because then you have a subject that's known and has an entity and has a following. Sure. Um, Or someone who's already started a foundation or someone who already has notoriety or someone who's already famous in a circle. Yeah, that's it, it's kind of both. There are amazing stories that are investigative. There's so many different kinds of documentaries too, like investigative journalism style movies that are exposing a injustice or like that stuff is amazing and that's wonderful. And you're right, it can it can pers- persevere any small hurdles, but also then they're looking at elements that we can't even explain about who and why and the time and where does it sell and who's interested and is this a CNN doc or is it a like, who's the company that would fund it, right? Like, you still don't make those movies with no money up front. So someone took a chance. And then you're talking about grants. And are you a filmmaker with a, an idea and a pitch packet and your previous work that you've made that you can go get that grant money in advance to pay for your ticket and your lodging and your food and your equipment and your camera people to go make the movie? Like, it's just... There's so many hurdles and it's so much work that really I've stopped critiquing movies because any movie that gets made that you watch is is a miniature miracle. So the fact that some of them are good or transformative is like a double miracle, you know. So it's, mm-hmm. it's made me much kinder to people who are making making films at all.
0: So how do you get financing now? Do you do like Kickstarter and stuff like that, or do you have these? Uh, uh, do you have production companies that uh, that are just smaller?
1: Yeah. Every film is different. Uh, grants is the best money because it's free. You don't owe people anything back other than making the movie. Then private investors are great. That's a lot of ours is you find people who are willing to do it on an investment. And there's a whole investment package and strategy for how money comes back or hopes to come back. Um, I started a company with people, people, media foundation. We started doing things like hosting artists in residence. We had one last week fly in from Canada and did 10 days writing a script and, and doing a test read and, Workshopping and learn how to pitch. And I coached them so they paid to stay. That helps fund what we do. And then um, we do jobs. I've, I help people who are young filmmakers get jobs where they've got to level up and work hard, but they get paid jobs and that money that comes in helps fund our films as well. So every film's different. Also those meetings, we've been in some really cool meetings and right now we're designing pitches and making the phone calls to partner with organizations who would want to help their film get made. So uh, like we bought the rights to a a really cool novella called birds of Massachusetts and it's available. And if you can find it online, it's so good birds of Massachusetts. And we have an option that we signed to make the film. And we have written a script at our company and with co-written with the um, author, Stephen Kennedy. And right now, today, we're calling with Pitch Packets to find uh, Alzheimer's organizations because there's a Alzheimer's theme in the movie that would want to co-sponsor the film and connect us with donors that would help uh, a story that they also care about coming into the world get made and would help fund the film. So you got to be creative. There's also art in funding, unless you've got a rich uncle who's a dentist who just wants <laughs> to fund your film. Uh, you, it's a, it's a hustle all the way, you know?
0: So, yeah, you don't have somebody else that's, that's producing, you're doing all of this stuff. You're having to find the funding and producing and directing and writing and, and, uh, (laughs) when
1: you say like that, it sounds exhausting.
0: It does. Uh,
1: I can, I can do a lot of things. I, everybody, I feel like is told like, Oh, you need to be a writer, director, writer, director. And that's not the case. I feel like if you can do and try everything and then find the thing that you love doing Go do that. So I have found that I think I'm naturally built to be a producer. My brain can can huh. handle both the art side of it, but the logistic side of coordinating days and shoots and schedules and people and kind of like moving a small army to create something that protects the people are 100% art to make their art. Um, but no, we've got people on everything. I mean, for a clean slate, there are a couple of executive producers, Jennifer Pelling, who's amazing and has films playing at famous film festivals coming to you soon. Uh, and then also Alex Lehman, who, uh, he did meet cute with Pete Davidson and Kelly Cuoco. He did, um, blue Jay with, uh, Jay du- or Mark Duplass, um, uh, and sir Paulson. He he's amazing. He's done a lot of great movies. Um, but he executive produced this film. So that helps open doors and gets you meetings at places like HBO. They're fantastic, but also I appreciate both of their hustle and their drive and their, uh, notes their story notes on the film was just uh, invaluable so yeah it's all relational it's all it's all it's all relational it's all it mm-hmm. takes time and and people know who you are if you keep doing work and you're not the kind of person people want to work with then you're not gonna they're not gonna answer your call or your email the next time right so mm-hmm. i think it's the long game when we get denied that you asked about denial it's so much denial filmmaking is so much getting told no you're not famous next project no, this film doesn't fit in our film festival. No, we don't want to buy your film. It's fine. It's just like, I honestly reply to sometimes to those. It's like, no problem. Understand that you have a great but difficult job. And I hope to send you another film in a couple of years. Like, and they always, I'm sure get chewed out or, you know, not the best interactions. I know programmers and content um, d- distribution people are always edified by or honored by when I can say, you do a great job. Thanks. I understand. Like- is it's not film is for every festival at every time. And you've got to accept that if you're going to do the long work of making movies for decades.
0: Mm -hmm. So with like clean slate, like what would be the ceiling for that? So that people are saying there's no famous people in it, but if it gets entered into some of these uh festivals, could it win some awards and then that gets some eyeballs on it?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on, well, all the festivals have tiers, right? So if it gets into Mm -hmm. a tier one festival that has uh. The industry show up to do this distribution, but that's like five festivals in mm-hmm. the world, you know, oh, but that would that move a needle. Right. That's that's great. And I've had great conversations with programmers at some of those festivals and have made the final list. But when you look at what your film is competing against to get into those places and then oh. realize that a lot of those films have celebrity celebrities attached. Um, and or have already signed with companies that help get them in. That's what I think. I think we were taught as filmmakers, like if you make a film good enough or it's on your iPhone, it can get in and do all those things. And that's not necessarily how it works. There's just systems and and there's systems that are rightfully curating and shaping and molding content into the best it can be. But it means that if you're not coming through the right uh, grants or artist support foundation programs, then you're not going to get watched the same way um as some of those films so it's not. It's, again sounds negative it's not i i've applied to all those grants i've applied to the sundance labs i've applied to the ifc things you just keep doing it but i'm not gonna wait until someone else says yes for me to make my new movie i'm gonna shoot the shot and if you miss or you strike out whatever uh metaphor you want to use then i keep making the movie and on the next
0: you oh, froze up a little bit hello
1: oh, oh yeah can
0: you still you're see me up. here? Yep. Uh, awesome. Yeah. So, no, uh, I see what you're saying, though. It's just so you just keep going. Yeah. And that's just part Good. of the, yeah. the process. You feel like you've you've grown as a filmmaker because I think you started in what, like 2012 or something. some of your first movies that have come out.
1: Yeah. Oh, totally. You can see it. I think I've worked long enough now to have a body of work that I can look back at and see both my. My style, the things I'm drawn to, but also the lessons I've learned and the through line in a lot of the movies. And like in Clean Slate, one of them is I really care about people who make things and are vulnerable. So most of the movies have a real vulnerable subject at a key point in their life, but they're willing to share with us what's going on. And I think that makes for a really interesting documentary.
0: Yeah. And then you said, did you say five? it was five years to make that Clean Slate? Like you just kept following these yeah. subjects. Like how much time do you spend... Uh, filming them though?
1: We filmed in 2016, most of the film over the summer and then we did some reshoot dates. So, I mean, Oh, all, all told we probably filmed like multiple months for this movie.
0: Mm, okay. Is that pretty common for most documentaries of that type?
1: Totally depends. I mean, some of the movies are, I want a, a fantastic movie that came out a couple of years ago. is called boys state and they film a bunch of high school guys that go to a, a political reenactment camp for a week. They filmed mm. for a week. So they did a lot of research, and they filmed in advance, and they did interviews with the guys in their homes. But they had a full team following multiple characters for a week. That's just a really intense week. But then they edited for you know you can edit for years to get to the final movie. So it totally depends on. And then I know other films that have followed for you know a decade or longer with a person. Um, so yeah, totally depends on the film.
0: Yeah, what are some of your favorite movies? What is what of what's well, a, like a documentary? What what other ones that would you recommend that have influenced you?
1: um the movie that i think influenced clean slate a lot is called american movie and uh it's a documentary about uh one guy two guys uh and it's probably 25 years old that we're trying to make an independent uh like horror film and it's back when they were filming on film and they're such interesting people and they're filming like, i think in michigan they're filming somewhere in the snow and they are just great characters who are honest who are struggling to make art and I I need to rewatch that movie because I think it really influences this film. I think it's probably my favorite documentary ever made.
0: Okay, cool. And then, so you said that you have a new movie coming out. What was it called? Birds of Massachusetts.
1: Oh yeah. It's in development. Yeah. But it's a book right now. You can read the book and and yeah, the book exists. It's a novella online called birds, birds in Massachusetts by Stephen Kennedy. But it's a, it's a great read. Yeah, it's just the pitch. We've got a 20 page pitch packet and a 90 page script. And the pitch packet has, you know, the budget and the photos and the casting list and the team is all in there. But by you reading it, you get the vibe of what the movie would feel like. So as we reach out to get grants or get team members involved or cast or funding, people know what they're going to make. You get the feel of the movie. So yeah, that's And then is
0: there anything else? Any other projects that you have coming out?
1: Things to watch of ours that we've done that you could still see. Sometimes I shake is on vimeo uh right now so vimeo.com and type in sometimes i shake and that's great and then our website people people media people, people media.com if you click on films it has everything it has links to everything a lot of our short films are on there uh, my favorite short that i've ever been a part of i think is called saltwater baptism hmm. it was on the new york times op doc and is great so it's on the new york times website but it's called saltwater baptism and it's 17 minutes is, is that, that the really one cool.
0: that was like nominated for a Webby and, but you got beat out by Lady Gaga or something like that? Yeah.
1: Isn't that rough when you put that in your bio that Lady Gaga beat you for an award? It's um, crazy. Bummer. But yeah, it's it fun. It was fun to see when the nominations came out until we saw her name. And I love that movie. Five foot two is great, but she beat us. So.
0: Yeah. And then you got, you nominated for, you were nominated for an Emmy for something. Was it Beneath the Ink? Is that what it's called?
1: That's right. Beneath the Ink. That movie by Cy Dodson is so great. And it follows uh, a tattoo artist that's doing free cover-up tattoos for people who have racist uh, tattoos on their body already. Mm-hmm. And it's a good film. Yeah, it oh, came out on mm-hmm. GQ, I believe. So yeah, okay. that's on there. All the links to everything, our films and all the friends' films that we've worked on or supported are all on there. But People People Media is a good way to see a bunch of free quality content.
0: Okay. So it sounds like you've done a lot and then you have things in the in the future. So do you think that you would uh i don't know not necessarily sell your soul but like what these people are saying like we need famous people would you make a movie with a famous person just to get some eyeballs and then make you know it's like uh, what, what's that movie is it jane silent bob or one of them where he's like you do the blockbuster and then you do the art house movie like
1: that's so funny yeah um we haven't sold our soul yet and we have a bunch of pitches and we just started pitching like companies that we really believe in like they are ethical wonderful treat their employees great and they're people that we would do work with but they can Mm -hmm. afford to pay us real salaries Mm -hmm. so we would do that first and keep making movies like birds in massachusetts but eventually no i'd rather do something else like (laughs) i don't know what anyone would offer me that they think i'm the kind of person that they'd want to make something like that because my work at this point speaks for itself of no i make really quality people focused character vulnerable films and if i can keep doing that then that's what I'll do.
0: So, yeah, but but there's there are famous people. There's got to be a famous person that you're interested in, like Jack White. You like Jack White. Would you do a movie Jack, about Jack, Jack White?
1: Yeah, he's great. Also, but that's the thing. If I'm working with Jack White, that guy is so gritty, cares about the art, Like I went to a concert in Nashville that he did where he's from Nashville and they came out and they said, like, everybody, we're just here. Everybody take out your cell phones and turn them off. If anybody near you takes out a cell phone during this concert, you can punch it out of their hands. We're all going to be present. We'll take photos and you can get them for free online. And then it worked. Ten thousand people didn't have their phones out. And it was like I got goosebumps. It was like one of the best concerts I've ever been to. So Jack White's the kind of person that I'd say, oh no, I do want to work with that. I don't want to work with people, and there are lists of them, and we know some of them that are celebrities that are turds. They're like, not exactly, yeah, like it's not worth my life to connect to someone where then you have to spend all this time and reshoots and publicity, and no. it's too life's too short, man. Like I, I it's, just, it's not, it's not enough not enough life for it so right
0: so that's what i'm saying that'd be a win-win if it's somebody famous that they want yeah. and it's somebody famous that you like too then that's the perfect that would be the perfect Big kind of combination
1: Big awesome. and we'll keep doing that and we're going to keep attaching to people like that and then as they make things that are better or we get invited to make anything like with alex and jen our executive producers they're the best and anytime we could work with or for them again we will and they both are climbing the ladder and make great stuff so
0: okay yeah, well, yeah. cool well people can follow you and uh, check out the website oh and then uh, i always end with a charity is is your uh, foundation is that a charity is that a non-profit can people donate okay yeah
1: people people media foundation it has the donate button if you donate then it means we can uh, host people artists that couldn't afford to come otherwise and we focus normally on a local and diverse artists uh, that are looking for space to come be on the land, be near our animals, have their feet in the Creek and make their, their art. So we'd love, yeah, we'd love that people, people Me- foundation or people, people is the foundation.
0: Amazing. Very cool. Well, thanks so much. And uh, we we'll look forward to seeing your uh, future movies that you come out with.
1: Appreciate it. I hope everybody who saw this enjoys clean slate and shares it with someone who you think will love it. I would really yeah. appreciate
0: it. I'll put your website in the show notes. And then, yeah, you said it will be out on, on demand soon. December 2nd. December 2nd. Perfect. All right. Thanks. Thanks. See you later. Bye-bye. Jared Callahan filmmaker, Uh, check out his website, follow him on social media. The latest film again is called clean slate and it should be available for on demand. And hopefully eventually will be for free on streaming. Uh, You can support Jared by watching his films and you can support both of us by sharing this episode on social media that really helps spread the word and with the algorithm and all that stuff. So I appreciate all your support. Have a great day and shoot for the moon.